Hey, Chris. Hey, Tyler. What you watching? What you watching? Oh, that fucking delay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I guess there's maybe still like a half second delay between us, but uh, whatever. I'll manage. And there's this thing called editing. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Uh, it sucks because we got to do a quick turnaround here on the show. But so, my uh, buddy and past collaborator, and maybe future collaborator, most likely future, uh, Chris Carantit is back on the show today to do something that you all seem to really respond really well to, where we just talk about the uh, stuff we've been watching. That hence why we call it what you watch. You do it. What you watching? <laughs> what you watching? <laughs> All right, cool. You're my guest. Uh, I'm yep. starting with you again. Uh, Chris, what you watching? All right. Well, uh, this this first one that I picked, uh, it's actually more of a recent one from uh, when we last did the show because I, I watched it just around that time. It's King Arthur, Legend of the Sword. Which was a, uh, did, I don't know if you ever saw that one. It was the Guy Ritchie uh, King Arthur movie. No, I, I see it. I think it's on HBO Max. It got like yeah, it is. bad reviews when it came out, I remember, but I still oh, wanted did. to check it out. Yeah. I, uh, I, I like, it was one of those ones that I skipped when it came out and uh, didn't watch it until, you know, HBO Max. Um, just randomly I came across it. And, you know, so I was just like, Sure, why not? And um, you know, it stars uh, Charlie Hunnam from uh, Sons of Anarchy, mm. and uh, you know, it's got a bunch of recognizable faces in it. You know, Jamin Hansu is in it. Um, uh, it's got uh, uh, what Littlefinger from Game of Thrones. You know, it, yeah. you know, uh, Jude Law plays the uh, the main bad guy. Yeah, and uh, it's it's actually like. Kind of a like, yeah, it's like we said, it's it didn't get great reviews. It's like it's not a great movie, but it's definitely an entertaining movie. You know, it's, it's like when watching this thing, it almost felt like a, a video game come to life where, you know, some of the stuff like the action when they show what Excalibur is capable of. It's just yeah. like, oh, this guy just went God mode. He put in that cheat code. No shit. <laughs> Look out. <laughs> And the uh, the music in it was actually really like it really draws you in too because uh, it just like some of the scenes you know like um, I caught uh, there's this scene uh, about a half hour into the movie or so maybe a little bit less uh, when you know King Arthur or well Arthur just gets the uh, first gets the sword and pulls it and uh, the music that plays it's like this just really uplifting music that is used throughout the the entire movie it's like kind of his his theme and uh it was just like the way that they built it up with that that music and uh how everyone's reaction to it you know it's super cliche with like the slow motion and everything but it still just gets to be like really entertaining and just it feels like a heavy moment they play you know this movie plays more into um being like crazy mythological with some of the uh uh, imagery you know like if you've seen any of the the trailers for it it definitely looked a lot like the the imagery in like 
so you know there's this part in the movie where he's um walking through the forest and he sees these like tree people just yeah. come out of the tree like they're hiding and you know it's just it's really trippy and um yeah it's it's definitely like like i said it's almost like a, a video game come to life in uh when he gets to using the sword and it's just like it's definitely entertaining you know it's it's a popcorn flick for sure turn your uh, and you off. can sell oh yeah definitely <laughs> you know? and uh <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's like it's, you can tell it's one of those movies too, where like uh, I looked it up afterwards, and they were definitely planning on making sequels. Like it was, they were gonna make a franchise of these. Yeah, and like I could see where they set it up, how it could go, but also you can watch it and be entertained as it as being like just a, a one flick film. You know, like I I actually watched this movie with uh, Dave, and uh, Dave. you know he was yeah. Dave and, needs to uh, come on the show, man. We, this is our second yeah. shout out of Dave. Yeah. yeah. Last I knew, he's uh, in Brazil uh, trying to bring his wife home. This guy's in Brazil. No, I remember. Yeah, no, he, yeah, he's, uh, he's been going through the process ever since, uh, you know, COVID really slowed everything down for him yeah. bringing his wife home. But yeah. So he's, hopefully, he's going to be able to come back with her. But um, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, he, when we were watching the movie together, he kept being like, why isn't like, we've seen Merlin as a shadowy figure in a cloak. Why haven't we seen his face? And I was just like, oh, probably cause they want to, wanted to cast a bigger actor later on if they made sequels, but you know, yeah. that didn't happen. So <laughs> it's the Arthurian tale. Like I feel yeah, like, which is free to use. Like it's, yeah, those, that's right. It's public. Just domain. like Robin Hood. Yeah, just like Robin Hood, you know, some of those old stories, like anybody can make a story about it. Yeah, no, that's like a, but it's been like a hard uh, plot line or like to make like, like, to be honest, like I, I've gone back and visited um, Excalibur from 40 years ago. And that to me, is oh, like, yeah. that's such a classic, but like, it's a little different yeah. pace. Like well, it's, it's not for like this generation yeah. at all, but yeah. Well, it's funny because uh, it's funny that you bring that up because around the time that I watched this, I actually went back and watched the uh, the '90s. Um, it's that '90s uh, miniseries that called Merlin that was with Sam Neill. Sam Neill, I remember one? that. Yeah, yeah, that one. I, I found that one on YouTube, uh, but apparently you can find it. Like um, I saw, you can stream it on my on my smart TV. I think it's in under one of those like free things you can watch and then the channels and shit. But yeah, it's just one of those things where I went back to watch that and it was just like, wow. You know, it's like, I remember it being like, you know, it's definitely uh, a lot more adult and, you know, like watching it, you know, now, you know, as an adult, it's just like, I watched this as a kid. What the hell? Yeah. Like, so I, there's like a lot of stories of sex and shit in there. I remember like, what it was like, it was on me and this. Me and this kid I was friends with in fifth grade, um, we like geeked out. We watched it. I think it was either weekly or they did like a three night thing. And yeah, yeah, I remember we would like reconvene every day after a new. It was like a, it was like a mini series, but it was also like it felt like three movies in one. Or I don't know. They, I can't remember. But we would reconvene yeah. after every episode and just kind of like 
fucking nerd out about it. I didn't even really know what the hell was like the, I was 10 years old. I didn't know anything about King Arthur or any of this stuff, but I don't know. Maybe I'll skip yeah. that out again. Is it there? Yeah, like I just a, knew Sam Neill from Jurassic Park. So I knew Sam Neill from Jurassic Park. Yeah. He was kind of like, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's had a big renaissance in the last like 10 years. And um, yeah. Taika Watiti kind of brought him back there. Uh, both uh, yeah. New Zealanders or Kiwis, I should call them. That's what they like to go by. <laughs> All right. Good jumping off point, though. Not really, because it has nothing to do with Taika Watiti, but he is a Marvel. Uh, director now and uh i mean he just straight up is disney's boy now uh this isn't something he made but um to follow up on the last time we did this you told me to watch loki i was going to but i was waiting for the buzz to die down Uh, i also before i get started Mm -hmm. i i started watching lovecraft country and that is a fun one but i'm not going to say too much about it because i'm still like in the first three episodes so loki yeah I've watched Loki and it's almost generic to start out saying this, but I loved it. But like to, to, to break it down <laughs> for like the process I went through watching this, it's six episodes. I'm sure most of this audience has seen it. I'm not going to give away too many spoilers, but um, in case I do spoiler alert ahead of time, if you haven't seen Loki, but this is like my favorite out of the three so far. I, I was yeah. on board with WandaVision, but like I kind of, I just, you know, teach his own and their opinion, but it, it didn't land like how I really was hoping it would at the end. But, and that's not saying they like had a stupid plot. I just, I don't know. Yeah. Like it just, it just didn't really click for me. It just became very stereotypical. Like, yeah. Like I like the first people in the sky. Those first five episodes, I was just kind of like, oh, my God. All right. Fucking Marvel's back, bro. <laughs> they never went anywhere. Yeah. But um, and like but like by the end, I was kind of like, uh, it didn't really stick the landing for me. So immediately after Winter's Cap or Falcon and Winter Soldier. And up until I saw Loki, this was my favorite of the, the two at the time. I just I love captain america stories i love the arc of everything and obviously I, I loved what was going on how grounded it was um but just like a lot yeah. of cool kick-ass moments and to fit all this in six episodes for me is pretty astonishing so i get to loki <laughs> and you know I, I was i was definitely really excited about it to be honest loki isn't a character i feel like i follow as much as like a lot of people who dig the comics and dig these characters and the cinematic universe do and yeah and a lot of people really got into him because of just the way that tom hiddleston acted the character yeah uh, like like he's awesome like yeah and so once the you know once the the first three episodes and this is another six episode thing the first three episodes are it just sets up an awesome way into the timeline of the cinematic of what they've had in the past and you know how this yeah and and how he gets captured and um so he gets captured by was it the TVA the uh, yeah time variant something yeah time variance authority yeah okay. Now I fucking love now. So for the first three episodes, I was still kind of in love with Falcon and winter soldier. It was still my favorite, but I was in love with the like set design and production design of this. Yeah. Yeah. The, the aesthetic of that world is like really cool where it's like a 
70s futuristic yes that's exactly what i was gonna say like there's just so many like there's a shot where him and owen wilson's character um they're on a uh they're like on a balcony and they outlook into like what's around them and i swear i've seen this in like old school like paintings from like 70s and like 60s sci-fi stuff and it's like you kind of knew where their head yeah, was at old map paintings yeah and I'm like, this is okay. This is like my vibe. Okay. We get to the last no. half when everything kind of starts to kick into motion. And I won't lie. Like it kind of, it doesn't lose me, but I was like, Oh, is it, is it going to get super like, I don't know. I don't want to sound like a grumpy old man, but I, I was a little like nervous. Cause I was just so into the first three episodes and the aesthetic, and by the way, Owen Wilson is incredible in it. This is a phenomenally, I mean, Look what Marvel does with their cast casting choices. This is it goes without saying. Like they, they pick the right yeah. people. I mean, yeah. I th- I was it's thinking of, the the way that they played off of each other. Yeah, I was thinking to myself of like the Phase One Marvel films, kind of before Disney's acquisition and everything after it. Like they, you know, yeah. Thank God Disney kind of stepped in. I, I, you know, some people want to bag on Disney. But like this may this may have just turned into like a generic not I don't want to say generic, but like, you know, it, it, it could have been like a franchise. But would it really have gotten to the level that it's at today without Disney and their money? <laughs> um, yeah, but like just the, the 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 writing teams, they get behind this, obviously, like something like production design, like this whole like this TVA company like everything like the world they're in look feels like purgatory to me like there's not a lot of like popping colors but still it just it, oh it just it really tickled my fancy so then we get to the final episode yeah. with um I'm gonna just kill this uh what the hell was his what's the actor's name you know who i'm talking about the uh jonathan majors yeah jonathan majors we get to his part and like just when everything kind of comes full circle, no pun intended, uh, not really, but <laughs> um, you know, I'm, I'm talking about the time loop, but, but um, <laughs> that was so stupid. But whenever, when you get to him, yeah. <laughs> long scene, I'm like, Oh my God, they are setting up for some crazy shit now. And with everything yeah. coming down the pipeline with Spider-Man and even, you know, with Doctor Strange and um, what even what they touched on in WandaVision, I am fucking hyped. Like, I, like I just yeah. love how they're they're doing something different. And it, I'm I'm not gonna say too much, like I said, but I I love Loki. So therefore, to walk away from this, out of those three shows, I think Loki was my favorite. It was the most ballsy of the three, and they were trying something new. Yeah. Yeah, and the fact that it wasn't just like the end of the uh, final episode is just like a conversation between these characters instead of uh, a fight, you know? Yeah, there is there is some fighting, but it's like it's more about just like the blowing your mind of who this guy is and what he knows. Yeah, no, it was it was great. I'm I'm excited. I love the uh, love the cliffhanger at the end. The very end there. That yeah. was that caught me for it. Yeah. Straight up. 
Yeah, and uh, I was talking with a friend, you know, about how, like, the way they set it up, Jonathan Majors could literally show up in any Marvel project moving forward now. He is, like, he could just... Killing it right now. (laughs) Yeah, he could just... He could just be there and all of a sudden you'd be like, wait, is that? <laughs> yeah. Like he, he's like, it's hard to say if he's like, he's turned into a really good character actor. I don't know if he's yeah. I mean, obviously in Lovecraft country. He's, you know, at the forefront there, but like he's been in, um, he was in another film, uh, a Netflix movie that was, um, it was Aaron Sorkin's film, uh, the trial of the Chicago seven. And he's in a supporting role in oh, there. Yeah. He's a member of the black Panthers who gets, brought to trial and everything and he's just incredible in that role he, he the first thing i saw him in which i think was his debut was uh two years ago um, the last black man in san francisco and that oh, is yeah. just that was oh my god dude, i had a fucking tear in my eye in that movie it's just a beautiful film if you ever been to san francisco you just kind of get it and after i mean going there a year mm-hmm. after the movie got made but um yeah san francisco is just such a beautiful city and it just touches on it in a very storybook way i could devote an episode to that movie alone but anyway i saw loki loki's dope um i look forward to where marvel goes i am i am on i'm on board i i feel like the past few years i've not maybe liked superhero films as much as i maybe should have in the past but this just this this kicked me into high gear i'm pumped for the next like 10 years of marvel yeah and the fact that they're playing around with everything too, like with you know between the movies and what's on uh, their Disney Plus streaming, you know. Yeah. So I guess uh, that you know, ending on that, I should move into um, what I uh, you know one of my next uh, things I've watched uh, that actually plays into the end of Loki. What if uh, Marvel's What If? Uh, I still Have you heard about this one at all? Yeah, I've heard. I, I yeah. Again, I'm always late, but yeah, that, uh, talk yeah. to me. So this is their this is their animated uh, series that they've started, which is um, you know the you know Loki was all about multiverses and uh, variants of different characters and like how you know characters can be the same but different or even completely changed and you know so. Um, what if is playing on different ideas of stories throughout the multiverse, you know, and how little changes could lead to completely different outcomes. Yeah. Um, the first episode, you know, the first episode is pretty straightforward. It's uh, it. And if you've seen any of the promotional images for the, the mm. show, you've probably seen um, Peggy Carter as uh, captain, you know, captain America, you know, instead, instead of being captain America, she's just captain Carter. Um, you know, wearing the uh, the Union Jack and uh, on her instead of uh, the you know the flag, the American flag, and uh, yeah, it's um so that episode it's pretty straightforward, like you know her in place of uh, Captain America, and uh, but like they have little changes in it where like they get the Tesseract bef- uh, from Hydra early on, so that leads to them building an Iron Man type suit that Steve Rogers actually uses so uh it has some pretty cool yeah pretty cool little twists um but yeah and then like the rest of the episodes have all been you know it's only uh four or i think let me see i think it's four or five episodes in so far um but yeah so like the second episode is also a pretty straightforward one it's uh you know where t'challa is uh star lord instead of um 
Chris Pratt's character. Yeah. And that's probably another one that you've seen promotional imagery for. Definitely. Um, it's also been, you know, that's also been talked about a lot because it was the last uh, performance by Chadwick Boseman as T'Challa. So know, he voices it? Yeah, he he voiced it himself. Interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, that's like that really got a lot of people, too. And they they have a, a little you know dedication to him in the end of the episode. That's great. Um, yeah. And uh, <laughs> that episode is basically just like, oh, T'Challa is the best person in the universe. He could he should have been everything. Like, yeah, that's like that's uh, that's a lot of what that episode comes to. And it's it even hits more, you know, like harder because they did all this before like he died and everything so just the fact that they were just <laughs> they went with this way with that story and then to find out what happened later on it's just it's makes it both um like uplifting and heartbreaking at the same time this is this isn't about i mean to kind of go off what you're saying but it's about a different show yeah. about it a few times uh he so i mean first of all when when the news broke that he passed away last year that was like a point in 2020 where I was like, I'm done. I'm done. Like I'm done. Like your black Panther died. So, but I'm going to say this as respectfully as I can. Uh, he appeared on, I don't know if it aired after he died or if it aired prior to his death, he appeared on um, the shop, the LeBron James show i just watched the- uh, yeah I've, I've heard of that show and like people always talked about oh he people made fun of him because he was losing weight or people or they thought he was losing weight for a role or they were just you know he didn't make a lot of public appearances because he was fighting this battle basically and he's on there and yeah. now and i watched it after he passed away and you kind of see him and you're just like it just like he didn't he didn't look he didn't look very good at all and it's it was just kind of rough to yeah, see you that see shape, it. knowing that eventually he passed away, yeah. maybe like six months later. Yeah. Was, but... In retrospect, seeing the yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, back to well, actually, not back to brighter things. With my <laughs> next one. Um, yeah. Um, well, I also just wanted to bring up too that uh, some of the other episodes, like the the first two episodes, are pretty straightforward, but then the rest of the episodes so far have been totally crazy um the third episode is basically like a murder mystery story uh which you you would probably be into because it's like it's almost like a a horror movie you know where um avengers start dying before they've become the avengers and trying to figure out how like how this is happening um and then the the fourth episode is a dr strange centric episode and uh it's like you know, has this this story that really makes a dark twist on his character and turns him into sort of a villain. Um, but for like a, a a reason that you can kind of understand, you know, anyone that's ever, you know, cared about somebody would understand. Um, and then this last episode is, you know, that was on Wednesday uh, that I'll talk about for just a sec. It's basically... Uh, a walking dead episode in the marvel universe nice uh they did they did uh zombies and uh so you know it is actually kind of funny too because they had uh a lot of the stars have been coming back to voice their roles um so denai guerrera who played uh uh in the black panther movies and she also played michonne on walking dead 
she came back to voice her character. So it's kind of funny that she's now played two characters who fought zombies with a bladed weapon. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> Word. Yeah. Yeah. So that was um that was definitely uh are they something like, to watch. Are they know? 30 minute episodes? Yeah, they're all around about 30 minutes. Okay, uh, 30, cool. 35 minutes. I might yeah, I might uh fire that up this weekend. And it's one of those things too where like each episode basically leaves you like, I want to watch more now. Fuck. <laughs> where is this going? So yeah. um up up next for me is I don't want to be a, a Debbie Downer. Well, I'm not really being a Debbie Downer. I, I'll just um uh, so I started watching the Netflix, uh, I think it's five part documentary, uh, turning point nine 11 and the war on Terra terror. I said it like George Bush Terra. Mm-hmm. but, uh, so we're recording this on the 20th anniversary of nine 11. It's going to air September 13th. But, um, so I just kind of very timely that I'm watching this and I, this is just one of those Netflix shows I popped on just how they get you on the, the trailer when they just show the little tease. And, you know, I think with everything going on with what happened earlier, like a month ago or a few weeks ago with um, I'm not trying to get political on the show, but with what's going on in Afghanistan right now, like everything just kind of hit so timely. And so I had to hit play. Obviously, I yeah. think for our generation and not even just our generation, our parents generation, if our grandparents were still around, like you watch the footage of 9-11 still, it, it's yeah, it, it just still you can't, it's just very still, it's just unsettling still. It's probably one of the scariest. Everyone ways. always, it's, it's one of those moments where everyone can ask each other, like, and they wouldn't remember where they were yep. when they found out. Third period you know, reading like, class, eighth grade. Yeah. Yeah. Where was yours? Yeah. Same thing. I was, uh, I was in a history class and uh, the teacher actually put the TV on and we watched some, yeah, because I remember I heard about it third period and by, I want to say the next period or fifth period, we had eight periods in a day um, by like history yeah. class. I think that's when we had a TV in the room and we were watching this unfold. Um, but I think by then, yeah, hours. Yeah. Anywho. Yeah, I think uh, it was the same with us. But, but, you know, it was also that same thing where like watch that in class and then it's like had to turn the TV off and go back to school and uh I think later that day when I got home from school, that was the first time I ever turned on the news when I turned on the TV instead of like whatever other bullshit I'd watch. Yeah, you know? it's definitely <laughs> like hard not to like, I, all right, I have this weird and I think it's just, I mean, you know how like sometimes in not like traumatic events, I don't know, maybe I'm just, I'm just shooting my shot here. You ever like when something crazy is going on, like a death or something, it's almost like you notice something outside of all that to take your mind off it for a minute. I don't know if that's something that's ever come across your mind, if you even get what I'm saying. But I remember on September 11th, every channel had had the feed and they were putting it to air. It could have been fucking HGTV had something that was showing and i just remember the only like i I was i actually kind of didn't really want to watch the footage anymore by the time i was home um from school and i remember turning to the usa network and this oddly enough might be kind of funny but i don't really mean it to be funny um street fighter where jean-claude van damme was on 
And it was just like yeah. one of those weird things. I was kind of like, what the fuck is Street Fighter doing on right now? Um, so anyway, back to the so movie about a Amer- the movie about the UN, the UN kicking a terrorist's ass. Hell yeah, you need that. <laughs> to be honest, I guess I actually kind of get that, but it might have been too soon. <laughs> um, so back to the documentary. Uh, uh, this is pretty much the it's five episodes, and it really kind of starts with the 9-11 footage and interviews of people, and you know, yeah. just a tough watch. But by the second half of every episode, they kind of start diving into bit by bit the aftermath. You go into a lot of stuff about the Taliban and Al-Qaeda, uh, Bin Laden, who had been planning this thing for a long time. He just didn't have the funds yet to do what he needed to do. Um, they touch on the 93 um, parking garage bombing in the World Trade Center a little bit. And they, they kind of give you like a timeline. And one of the episodes... Like it sucks because it's a very dark, scary thing to have knowledge about, but at the same time, they make it very intriguing. Like you're following this timeline of, and I know there's these conspiracy theorists out there. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but there's, you know, people out there that think, oh, it's an inside job. We knew about it. And they kind of say, like, well, I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. like we knew about it. the CIA and everybody was, you know, following all these terrorist cells and putting, you know, putting out fires of people that wanted to do something bad to the, to the United States. And it just so happens that they weren't able to put a stop to this. So there was always kind of knowledge of an attack that was being planned. It had, I mean, there was guys who flew the plane into the world trade center that had been in the country planning this for about a year and a half, two years. Um, yeah. there's, there's just a lot of like, once you kind of get past you know, the talks about the tragic side of it, there's a lot of interesting stuff going on that you learn about our government at the time. I mean, you could almost backtrack this all the way to the Reagan era when we felt helped the Taliban uh, defeat the Russians in the Cold War. And Mm. I guess bin Laden looked at the fact that they were able to stop Russia, that they took down one superpower, maybe they could take down another one. It's just, there's a lot of information. If you can stomach a lot of the tragic side of the documentary, um, I really recommend it. Uh, Again, it's very timely. Uh, It it was definitely, like every episode is about an hour in length, but they they don't really cram, it's paced well, but they put a lot of information that makes it, like every episode feel like a feature, feature documentary. I recommend it. Turning yeah. point, uh, 9-11 and the war on terror. There is a little bit of politics, you know. I, I don't want to say it's anti-George Bush, but um, yeah, it, it it's not. I don't really think it's they, they. I think they're very fair and balanced with what's going on with whoever's in office at the time and whatever's whatever's going on. I think it's actually a very fair and balanced documentary, but they do touch on the fact that. Bush was kind of like, fuck it, we're going to war and didn't even really have a plan. That's all I'll say. Yeah. All right. I don't know how we like move off of that. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You're next. Or if you have anything um, to say, go ahead. I don't know. Uh, no, I just, um, it sounds interesting. I, you know, like uh, I, we had talked, you know, quick in the, before we got on, but um, yeah, I, I hadn't seen this one yet. So I, uh, I'm definitely interested in checking it out because, uh, Usually around this time, there's a ton of documentaries that come out all across, like pretty much every platform. So uh, 
it's hard to catch everyone, you know, when you, yeah. you know, when there's always, a, you know, like, plus there's always, uh, you know, if we, we still have cable. So like we'll catch every now and then like just different stuff, you know, on the different channels that we don't have streaming for yet. Cause uh, you know, it's, it costs too much money to buy every streaming service. <laughs> yeah. But, um, no, I, I think it's, I think for like, you know, people our age that saw this when we were, saw this unfold when we were teenagers and now to be in our thirties and have this, I don't know, there's kind of these moments when watching it where I'm just kind of like, holy, first of all, nothing, you just, you're seeing all this footage from like the early two thousands of just like camcorder footage. And you're like in news footage, you're like, holy fuck, the early two thousands looks old now. And I don't know. Yeah, I, I think it's good now that we're like we can kind of go back and look at that event and with now like adult eyes and not you know teenager eyes and kind of I don't know I don't know what I'm trying to say but I don't want to say it's good to go back and look at this stuff but it's it's now a piece of history it's a dark piece of history but you know either way you know there, there's always theories and facts and knowledge you can pull from it. And like I said, it's a pretty fair, it felt very fair and balanced. Um, I just say, give it a watch if you, if you can. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely check that one out. All right, let's move on. What do you got next? So, yes. Uh, my next one actually is uh, going back to Arthurian legend. Uh, I went to see the green Knight um, in the theaters actually when it came out. Yeah. So um, that one, uh, it, I, I went to see that down at uh, the the garden uh, in the field, like I was uh, talking about previously um, on the show, because uh, it, you know, I think it was getting ready to come out, and uh, I was talking about I wanted to go see it. So yeah, it uh, it was it was actually you know it was really good. The like the imagery and everything, it's really it's a really striking movie, um, and it's like it's one of those movies where um, uh, like, I don't, I don't want to get in the way anything, but you know, it's, it's, if you know the story it, yeah. at all, I don't know if you do. Yeah. 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 So um, the story, it's about a, uh, a, a guy who he isn't a knight yet. He's uh, the nephew of King Arthur and uh, he's um, wanting to kind of make a name for himself. And uh, then on, uh, I believe it was uh, Christmas day, um the uh you know they're having a, a you know a celebration you know because uh you know it's christmas and they're all catholic uh or christians and um but yeah and uh so yeah as they're all you know gathered celebrating uh a night you know a green knight shows up and uh kind of wants to play a game where he um uh challenges any of the knights to strike him and uh, in a year, they'll have to track him down and he'll be able to strike them the same way. So, you know, the the nephew, he gets up thinking like, oh, oh I can I can do this and, you know, make a name for myself and uh, cuts the Green Knight's head off. And then the Green Knight picks his head up and uh, tells him, you know, See you in a year, basically. And then rides <laughs> off with his head in his hand. <laughs> so I like how you like he, that. Yeah. See you know, later. It's like it's yeah. All right. 
Catch you later. <laughs> I'll see you and, next uh, year, pal. You're fucked. <laughs> yeah. It's like, because, you know, it literally could have been as simple as like, oh, I just give you a little nick on the cheek. There, now in a year, you're going to do the same thing to me. No. Instead, the guy's like, I'm going to chop your head straight off. <laughs> not realizing like, yeah, you're you're looking at a freaking supernatural creature standing in front of you. Okay, yeah. that worked. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'll watch it. I, I, I haven't seen it. And actually, I was thinking about it, but then it just went over my head. Um, damn, I suck now at watching shit. But, <laughs> but um, uh, A24 <laughs> did like a one night only at home theater thing where you could watch it on demand or you could watch oh, okay. it on A24's yeah. website or something. And I was thinking about doing it. It was for like, you know, like five, maybe 10 bucks. And I was thinking about doing it because I really wanted to yeah. see it because I, like it's pretty there's a lot of practical effects correct me if i'm wrong right yeah yeah it seemed that way yeah like there's there's some things that you know obviously they had to use um some cgi for but uh but yeah there's a lot of stuff that they did that's like you know it, it's done with uh just like the camera work in it and everything you know and and the the color palette of the film throughout it's it's really striking yeah um yeah it it's it's definitely worth checking out and the way like not not to give anything away but um in the end of the movie where like it gets to what's gonna happen and uh it kind of like the way they show everything it's just like because the movie is building up to this this moment it kind of shows like throughout the entire film basically why this guy sucks like the the nephew uh sir 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 gawain i think that was his name um so yeah this movie is entirely like this guy is not great from the start and like you see that through throughout the entire film and uh so yeah it's it's definitely an interesting way that they end it and uh you know i'm not going to give it away just like the way that they show what his choices uh, are um, and like when he finally gets to that moment in that confrontation with uh, the green knight, it's, it's definitely worth checking out um, okay. if you get the chance to, you know, if either it's like in theaters near you or just, you got to buy it or rent it or whatever. I would do a blind buy on Blu-ray even for this thing. It really intrigued me, but then eh, I think it's actually still playing in a few theaters near me. So um yeah we'll see what happens all right (laughs) so my next one uh it'll be a little bit quick because uh it's an entire like series well not it's a one season thing but uh i watched i've been i don't know i've been doing some some deep dive on some anime and (laughs) oh yeah I, i know anime you know i don't know people i don't know what i don't know how you feel about japan animation anime but um kind of like 70s 80s and 90s anime always kind of worked for me so i came across it on hulu and there it was and i remember this show outlaw star from probably like the early 2000s do you remember toonami yeah oh my god dude toonami was the shit i would rush home from uh after school it started at four (laughs) o'clock on cartoon network i mean look here's the thing here's the thing now I know you you know you can attack my masculinity for this, but Sailor Moon was on from four to five. I didn't really watch <laughs> Sailor Moon. 
I just wasn't my bag. You know, I don't think I, it was its target audience. Nobody knows what the fuck Sailor Moon is. Look it up and you'll see why I wasn't its target audience. But then at five o'clock, you had Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> yeah. And then you had fucking, uh, then you had Gundam Wing, which is another thing I got to track down because I want to watch some of that shit. And then you had a couple, from like six to seven, you had a Tenchi Universe, which was some dope shit. But Saturday nights, yeah. Toonami would do like a special late night thing where they'd air like Gundam Wing and something else. And they aired Outlaw Star. So I remember summertime when I was like 11 or 12, I'd stay up late. And from like, yeah, I think it was like 11 to midnight, like 1130 Outlaw Star would come on. And Outlaw Star is pretty much just about a crew of like with a spaceship called Outlaw Star. And they just do fucking... They just try. It's kind of Guardians of the Galaxy esque, honestly. It reminded me a lot of that. They're just kind of this oddball crew. I don't know. I, I, like I said, I don't have a lot to say. I went through the whole series. I watched it dubbed. There, it's available subbed and dubbed on Hulu. But I wasn't in the mood to read subtitles. Sorry, there I said it. But I do watch subtitled stuff. And it's just a fun yeah. sci-fi late '90s, which I think is a perfect aesthetic for anime. That's where you kind of get your your cowboy bebops too, and whatnot. But I just think it's a good aesthetic. Yeah. And I went through the whole series, and uh, it's like 25 episodes. And if you want to make fun of me for like an anime, uh, go fuck yourself. All right. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, you know, speaking of um, speaking of anime, have you seen uh, that trailer for that Star Wars Visions that's coming out? Uh, I think later this year. Uh, it's no. At, um, no. Uh, you should check that out. Look up the the trailer later on. Uh, it's. Uh, you know, I'll even send you the link. It's. Uh, it was really cool. It's just these. Um, so they Star Wars is working with a bunch of different uh, anime studios to all bring nice. like their own vision. Um, it's kind of like the animatrix where they're doing just stories that don't have to have anything to do with anything from like the lore. They can just do whatever. And uh, the trailer was crazy. You know, they're, they, they have a, both a, a dubbed and a sub version and okay. uh, it's, it, it looks really cool. You know, just the different, uh, the different kind of art styles for each of the stories that they're going to be telling uh I heard that this is going to be something that they're going to all drop at once um, instead of like the weekly format. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So um, it kind of has me thinking that it'll be similar to like uh, maybe like that. Um, what do you call it? That uh, love sex and robots where it's like a bunch of uh, un, a bunch of stories that have nothing to do with each other, but they're all like, you know, five to 10 minutes long, maybe more, you know, like some mm-hmm. of them. So I could see that being the case. Okay. Um, but it looks it looks really really fucking cool. You should check that out. Um, I bet you'll like that. Um, but yeah, moving on to my next subject, which is actually another anime thing. Nice. Uh, oh wait. So, okay. Uh, here we go. Here we go. Well, uh, it's not that one. It's actually a different one. Uh, oh, all right. I'm okay. saving that one for afterwards. Oh wait. Okay. All right. I think I know so what this one. This is. one is. Uh, yeah. This this one is uh, the Witcher Nightmare of the Wolf. Which is from oh, the same studio. Past this, I almost watched it. Yeah, so this is from the same studio that's doing that Castlevania series on Netflix. Uh, if you've seen that one at all, I have. It's um, really good. Yeah. So what this is is it's basically uh, it's it's connected to the show um, where it's kind of telling a, a prequel story 
about the guy who teaches you know, if you've seen the show you know the witcher that's on netflix as well with henry uh henry cavill yeah, i did um Can't wait for season so eight. he plays he yeah so he plays Geralt, and uh this this movie uh this you know nightmare of the wolf it focuses on the guy that taught Geralt, uh a witcher named vesemir and tells you know like his life story and uh kind of sets up um the the state of how the world views witchers um after like what you know the events of that movie um and it was just really really fucking cool (laughs) (laughs) you know like they're they're doing all these things in this movie where it's like yeah there's no way they could do this in that show with henry cavill like no 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 offense to like the show or anything but there's just limits to what a human body can accomplish versus what animation can do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like some of the stuff that they're doing, you know, it's like, uh, are witches capable of this? Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I thought the animation is... looked, the animation on it looked dope from what I've seen from the trailer. I, I almost hit play on it the other night. Yeah. I feel like, I mean, like you probably know more of the, the world because I know you play the game and whatnot. And I, I saw the show without really playing. I never played the game, but I still, I still really no. enjoyed the show, but um, I, I don't know. Like I, I was definitely really intrigued by it, but uh, I'll probably hit play on it today or something. Yeah. Yeah, in this uh, this movie, it, like goes in depth on to like the process of how they make witchers, and uh, you know, like how it's pretty uh, not cool. <laughs> you know, because like, <laughs> you know, they're basically just taking a bunch of children and uh, they're giving them all these like drugs, basically like toxins that turn them into mutants, and not all the kids always live. Uh, okay so so um but yeah and uh it's it's a really intense story um it's only like 90 minutes so it's a, a quick watch um yeah it's definitely i would suggest watching that if you're into the show um it'll, i've heard that it's gonna give us a backstory on season two because uh the 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 place that they're going is uh one of the major locations in this this movie you know uh where the the second season of the show is going to take place like i've heard that um they're going to be introducing the older version of vesemir in that show as well i've heard they've he's been cast and everything so they just haven't shown him in any of the promotional footage or uh i'm i'm pretty sure so but yeah it's it's definitely uh it's definitely something worth watching and you know like i said if you're into that show you'd definitely be into into this movie okay yeah i will no i will definitely try and check that out now to move away from the world of uh fantasy uh again dude i'm just full of like some this is my second kind of debbie downer show but it is again worth a watch <laughs> uh now i'm kind of cheating a little bit because i actually when we had did the first volume of what you watch and i had already seen this i just forgot to put it on my list and i really want to talk about it because it's a fucking good show uh it's on hbo max it's starring Mother. Yeah. <laughs> it's starring <laughs> starring mark ruffalo and it is called i know this much is true have you heard of it uh, i have heard of that it's the one where he plays twins right yes so it's it's based on a book from uh, I don't know when it came out, but I feel like I remember seeing a cover of the 
I remember seeing like this book when I was a kid. I, I could be wrong. I looked up the book and the cover kind of jumped out at me. I feel like my, my mom had it or something when I was younger, but it, yeah, it's about these uh, two twin, two twins, both played by Mark Ruffalo. Um, however, Mark Ruffalo kind of plays predominantly only one of the brothers throughout it. It kind of that his focus and the twin brother who is schizophrenic and put a, put in a, uh, in a, uh, an asylum, insane asylum or a home or something for like, it's pretty much, it's a bad place pretty much. And he's trying to get his brother out and his life is in complete yep. and utter fucking shambles too. Uh, this takes place, I think in the nineties and they don't necessarily throw, you know, how like stuff in like the eighties and the nineties, they throw nostalgia porn in your face sometimes um they they this doesn't you just kind of watch and you're like when the fuck does this take place oh bill clinton's on the television no the television's old as shit and you're like (laughs) oh okay this takes place in the 90s and 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 i just like how they the the look of it looks like it literally looks kind of like it was it came out like in the mid 90s without like they them throwing filters on it in post-production and yeah so this movie is or this show is just a gut-wrenching show about kind of dealing with a family member who is struggling physically and mentally and kind of what that can do to someone who's trying to take care of them which not me personally but I've had people in my family that have taken on that task and I kind of was thinking about them the whole time I was watching this and Mm -hmm. it just gets like it also does this deep dive, and this is something I firmly believe in, that you know, generations before us, their choices and the things that they've done for better or for worse can affect us, and so on and so on, because they do uh, an episode yeah. completely devoted to Mark Ruffalo's grandfather and, well, the character Mark Ruffalo plays, uh, not actually Mark Ruffalo's yeah. grandfather, I should specify. Who was, <laughs> who was like an immigrant from Italy who came over and he was a fucking horrible guy. He was awful. Just a yeah. mean dude. Did Just did horrible fucking things <laughs> to get ahead in life. And, you know, there's a subplot of Mark Ruffalo like inherits his journal or something. And he's trying to get it translated because it's all in Italian. And, you know, he finally gets a lot of it translated and he learns of just how bad he is. And he thinks that like his family's cursed. Cause like, you know, his mom, his mom died of cancer kind of prior to, we see her woven throughout the show, but his mom died of cancer. Uh, his dad just up and left them. And they had this stepfather who was, he kind of has this weird relationship with his stepfather. Cause he was awful to him and his brother when they were kids, but he's still around. And yet they mm-hmm. kind of have this kinship, even though like he hit them when they were kids and whatnot. And like you kind of get yeah. the sense that like their stepfather is kind of trying to have a bit of redemption later in life. He knows he's wasn't really that great to them. And th- there's um, who's the who's the woman from WandaVision that plays uh, the villain? I, I forget her. Catherine yeah. Hahn. Yeah, she's in it as Mark Ruffalo's ex-wife. They had a tragic end of their marriage. I won't go into that. Um, yeah. And it, it's just, it's just a real, like by the end, the end of the show, the final episode, your heart is fucking ripped out. But 
I won't say, you know, what happens, but by like the end of the end of the last episode, if I worded that correctly, like there is just such a calming hopefulness and it's just a beautiful show about, um, it's just a beautiful show about like, it sounds generic, but about the ups and downs and things that can happen to you that you have no control over. Yeah. And it also, I think touches on masculinity a little bit and like a very, a very more modern topic of like how men need to deal with their problems and the shit that happens to us. And like, how we can go down just such a fucked up dark path with how we treat people that are close to us and like how not to do that. I don't know. I, I, I it's six episodes. I highly recommend it. Um, the I mean, Mark Ruffalo again plays twin brothers, um, which I don't know if he, they went back and shot um, the stuff with the twin brother. Cause the twin brother who's schizophrenic is, heavier set he's got i don't know if it's a great makeup genre job or it must be because i didn't remember seeing any photos of mark ruffalo looking this chubby but yeah i think he got emmy emmy they they can make him look like the hulk i think they can make him yeah that's true (laughs) (laughs) but like like i think he got emmy emmy nominated for this it takes place i think in like somewhere in connecticut so like there's just there's kind of this like look to the i think they shot it in new york but it takes place in connecticut tax credits you know um (laughs) but um nobody is nowhere is ever the place that they say they are yeah like i mean you and me were you know we're both kind of familiar with like that region of the the country and so like there's a look of it that kind of felt like home to me so i think it just also kind of the show just kind of hit home to me in general and I, yeah. I, I just, you know, if you're into watch something where you start and I love shows like this, and I think it's just a one-off show, but where you start somewhere as a viewer and when it's over, you are somewhere else, like internally, yeah. like just something you feel like you've lived and gone through. Like I highly recommend yeah. this show. Yeah. Yeah. That was actually, I remember when it was first uh, airing, I was thinking about checking it out, but I, I missed it. Um, so yeah, I'll definitely have to put that one on my, my watch list. Yes, sir. All right. You're up. <laughs> okay. So uh, the next one that I uh, have on my list, um, it's one that's, uh, I don't know if it's still available on HBO max or not. Um uh, it's no sudden move. Oh, I wanted to see this, and if, if it yeah. still is, I'm gonna see it. But uh, go ahead. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, this is this movie with uh, a, you know, if you've seen the trailers, it's got a huge cast. You know, it's got, um, you know, it stars Don Cheadle and uh, and um, Benicio del Toro, you know, and it's got you know supporting cast of you know with like. Ray Liotta and uh, Brendan Fraser, and um, uh, there's there's a few people in it who I don't think they were mentioned, so I don't want to bring them up because they're like, you know, they show up throughout the film. Um, I think well, John Hamm is one of the characters, uh, actors in it who is mentioned in the the trailer. But uh, yeah, it's just it's got a huge cast. It takes place in uh, I believe the 70s. Um, uh, it was it was a an interesting flick. Uh, there's parts about it that I liked, and then there's also parts about it I didn't like. You know, I'm kind of like on the, you know, like on the, uh, like on the on the fence about it because it's like the the story of it was pretty 
you know pretty interesting it's uh about these it's it's one of those like kind of twisty stories where you know um people are kind of conning each other trying to get you know the the thing that they're trying to get you know i don't want to give it away you know for when you do watch it but like what they're what they're after you know um trying to get you know for to get the money that they're after and uh yeah it's it's like it's also like one of the things that i didn't really like about it um was the way that it was shot because there's it's done with a lot of um i think it's like wide angle lenses so just the shots look kind of weird at times where you know people will be walking and uh the people on like towards the outside you know because it's the person that's at the center it's you know there's really no distortion to them but like everyone else towards the edges you know, you kind of see a weirdness until they actually come into the middle i don't know it's just it, it was really weird at times the way that like the choices with that the, the the way that they filmed some of those but then like the story was actually really cool and uh um you know just the the twistiness of everything and like how everyone's kind of screwing each other over at times and you don't know who's really telling the truth you know where you know whatever whatever point um it's uh it's a uh, it's definitely a twisty film and uh you know if you're into you know i'm sure you know i know you're into you know some some of that type of stuff so it's definitely something you'll be into but I'll, I'll be interested to hear once you do see it uh how you feel about the the choices for how it was filmed with that that like that's that lens or okay yeah it, is, it's is it steve steven soderbergh did this right yeah i believe so okay um, i'm just looking it up right now because like um, all right it just it, I yeah it is for it and he like I think like for something that takes place in the seventies that sounds like kind of a crime drama. I I think it, that's, yeah, it is. that's up his alley like completely. I, I yeah. Think. No, I'll I'll definitely I'll put that very high up on my list in the next few days to check out and I will get back to you or on what you watch in volume three. No, it'll probably <laughs> be I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I'm just uh, I'm interested to hear what you think because um. Cause yeah, like uh, I like I said, I liked it, but then just the the way that it was shot, it was just like a weird choice. I thought, you know, with with that, like, I don't know if maybe he was going for a certain aesthetic, like uh, um, like the way that movies were shot back then or something. I, I don't know. I could see or that, but he's that was even a thing. I could see that, but he's such a good filmmaker that he wouldn't do it to be gimmicky. Like yeah. I think that genre just, that, that era yeah. is his bag that he wouldn't just oh, I'm gonna you know it's the 70s so I gotta like make it look kind of like orange and like yellow and yeah. grimy <laughs> yeah it, yeah it's just um yeah because it just it it was used a lot so it was just it kind of threw me off guard where with that that choice but uh because yeah like I said like it's it's used on a lot of interior shots you don't notice it as much when it's um when it's you know exterior but yeah when you're like walking through a house you can definitely tell the the difference all right all right no I'll do I'll, I'll definitely uh I'll definitely get on that so next for me is a, a film there's been a there's a this is actually a remake but I feel like there's been three versions of it and 
There's one from the 1950s. There's this one that was in the 1970s. So the springboard into the back into the 1970s. Uh, and then there was one in like 2006, I think, with uh, I think it was Daniel Craig and Nicole Kidman. Um, I haven't yet to see that one, but this version is my favorite of all time. And I had seen it years ago and just something about the just another one of those movies you watch again, you think about the world we're living in, you go, wow, this hits differently. Uh, 1978's mm-hmm. Invasion of the Body Snatchers. And uh, so this one is the probably the more iconic one. There's a famous uh, a GIF, those GIFs you can send each other through your texting yep. with Donald Sutherland, like doing the point. Wait, yeah. from the yeah uh, from, I, I think i've seen that one yeah have you ever seen this movie no just the gif <laughs> oh yeah the gif is uh that is the last like one of the last shots in the movie and when it happens it's actually one of the, in the context of the movie it's like one of the scariest fucking things ever <laughs> yeah um, so it's basically it's like you laugh at it isolated, but in context, you're just like, holy shit. Yeah. Like when I send people that they're like, ha I'm like, it's actually not funny. <laughs> it actually means it's the feel bad. <laughs> so it's about, um, so invasion of the body snatchers is basically what the fucking title says. Like these aliens come to earth and take us over. But so there's some social commentary in this that, is probably timely for the 1970s but look i live in florida and there's just mm-hmm. something about the people down here sometimes where i can't help but wonder if fucking body snatchers came down here too man um yeah. no offense to anybody from florida that's living or listening to this but um hey you know i just see some weird shit anyway um <laughs> so this takes place in this is 1978 this is a young the younger donald sutherland and um, yep. this also has Leonard Nimoy in it as quite a fucking character. I think he actually steals the movie. Uh, Brooke Adams is the female lead. Uh, a young Jeff Goldblum is in this as well. And <laughs> kind of random because he has no lines. This is a fun fact I learned about. He has no <laughs> lines. He pops up for like three shots in the very beginning of the movie. Robert Duvall is in this and he's dressed as a priest <laughs> and he's on the swings like with kids like it must be at like church or something and that's it he's never in the movie again <laughs> he's just there yeah. they cut to him and you're like because by then he had done the godfather one and two like he was an established yeah, he guy. was a name yeah. yeah and like the camera's on him you're and like i i remember i i forgot i was like oh yeah robert duvall's in this i guess and nope he doesn't show up again and it turns out i don't know like there's a story behind it. Like, I guess he was in the area. It takes place in San Francisco and like the director, he he reached out like, Hey, do you want to come like, just do you want to come by? And he's like, I can't pay you. So he paid him with like a mink coat. (laughs) (laughs) And so Robert Duvall just pops up and then he's gone. Like (laughs) like, he's like, all right, I'll show up on a swing in a fucking priest outfit and then bounce. Yeah. For a mink coat. <laughs> so, I mean, for anybody who's seen this movie, they, they it's a staple of horror films, even though there's no real, there's no blood and guts. There's no, it's, it's aliens, but the way the, the aliens. Yeah, it's more of like a psychological story. It, it's a, I don't trust who like paranoia yeah. thing. 
And the way yep. I, I got to revisit the 1950s one, just, I mean, cause I'm a sucker for like 1950s alien movies. They're, they're not great, but they're fun. And yep. the way the alien, they're not even like aliens. That, that's one cool thing. I like, I like when a alien movie isn't necessarily like a, you know, we come in peace, generic looking alien or something. I actually like, like yeah. aliens could also be like, just like in um, Arrival, like mm-hmm. the aliens are like this gas thing that kind of turns yeah. into figures, but then they dissolve. Like, I think that's more fucking scary. I like when it's actually something human beings can't wrap their mind around. And yeah, something we have no comprehension of. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, John Carpenter's the thing, which I mean, it, it takes, it just moves from person to person and takes this different kind yeah. of form. I yeah. Think it's like, what does it really look scary. like? Yeah. And so in this, yeah. you know, for anybody who doesn't know, like the aliens are just, the alien thing is just kind of this almost like cobwebby thing. I don't know. And it floats mm-hmm. through space and comes to earth and like it takes over the plants. And what happens when it takes over the plants, it pretty much builds these like cocoons and shit. And it can latch on to like someone while they're sleeping and give birth to another version of them. And yeah. it just, it turns into, you don't know who you don't know who is a replicant of another person until it comes down to like the entire city of San Francisco um, chasing around uh, Donald Sutherland and Brooke Adams and the way the movie ends. And I'm going to give a spoiler alert because the movie's been out for like fucking 45 years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh no. Spoilers for a movie that's older than I am. Yeah. So if you haven't seen the 1978 <laughs> invasion of the body snatchers, just don't listen. But that gif with Donald Sutherland doing the point, um, there's one character that remains at the very end that you're not sure about she you're not sure if she's telling the truth or if she's or if she's an actual replicant and she she, it just the scene starts with donald sutherland walking and you're thinking oh he survived he got away and um this woman also walks up she was from earlier in the movie she comes up and she's just like she's whispering to him like trying to get his attention like okay so now they're the last two survivors and as the camera is pulling up to Donald Sutherland, it's a testament to how good of an actor he is. You're like buying it. Okay, he's good. He's fine. And then like you just see this slight shift in his face. It's almost, if you're not paying attention, it's almost unrecognizable. He just, his eyes change or something and he does it all himself. And then he just raises his hand because that's what they do. They would point to whoever wasn't one of them. And he opens his mouth and lets out this fucking terrifying sound. And, and that's it. And the movie's over. And like it's yeah. just still like I watched it during the day. So it didn't creep me out that much. And I knew it was coming. But like, I feel like I should pop it on during at night because it just it, there's just something about it. The sound he makes is just fucking terrifying. And it's it's one of the best scary movies or just and it's it's smart too. like Leonard Nimoy is kind yeah. of a guy you don't know if you trust him at first and I love it I recommend I recommend that one I don't really care for the newer one it had good parts but um and there's yeah. obviously been other iterations of this story of like the thing John Carpenter's the thing I think maybe touched maybe kind of pulls from it a little bit but 
Anyway, yeah. I feel like yeah. we're doing uh, your go ahead. Sorry. So, uh, I just wanted to bring up, um, you know, speaking of like the, the way that that movie kind of brings up a, a distrust in other people. Um, I like, uh, did you see that trailer for the, the new Matrix Resurrection? Yes, the other day? I did. I actually wanted and, to, I almost wanted to start the show, but it slipped my mind saying like, dude, you see it? Yeah, yeah I think yeah, that. Yeah. And like that distrust in, in like people and other people in like society and just like, you know, him, you know, Neo posing the question of like, am I crazy? You know, and, and uh, yeah. Yeah, it's like it's it's you know it it's doing the similar thing to like what that first movie did, but um, I like how this is like, you know, the different twist. It seems like they're gonna pull with this one where it's like he's been this like Tom Anderson for a lot longer now, and like that uh, the look of in the in the trailer how it's like they're putting him on these pills to kind of keep him in that like state of not like just thinking that he's crazy or whatever and uh until he gets that red pill um yeah it, it, it's it's you know similar to how that invasion of the body snatchers like poses these questions of distrust in other people it's like yeah it's, the matrix did a similar thing with distrust in reality and like then got people into that whole it, you know the questioning like reality if, if it's a simulation and all that shit mm-hmm. um but yeah, it's, I feel like that's one of the things that good sci-fi does is it just like poses these questions while also pulling from reality. You know, like in the trailer, they show uh, Neo's in that elevator and he's just looking at all these people look staring at their phone and he's just like kind of has this look of like, what are they doing? <laughs> yeah, I'm curious to see what where they go with that, because you that's a valid point. A lot of. I mean, even some of the worst like genre movies, sci-fi, horror, they always kind of are like, yeah, a movie with giant ants running around. Yeah. They're still kind of like talking about the fact of like, you know, how we built the A-bomb and stuff and, you know, all this stuff, like, you know, all this radiation out there, all this testing we did out in the desert and whatnot. Um. I mean, have you ever seen the very, very first Godzilla? Um, I, I haven't, but, you know, it's one of those ones where it's like, it's in pop culture because I've seen yeah. clips of it in movies and in stuff throughout yeah. my entire life. It's not really, that movie's not even really a, I mean, it's a monster movie. Obviously, Godzilla is in it. And yeah, but that there's, there's some serious drama in that film because they are, I mean, it, it was, it was a Japanese film and this is before it crossed over mm-hmm. to America, but this is, this movie comes out post, you know, atomic bomb in Japan. So they're mm-hmm. talking about like yeah. all these things that happened post world war two. And there is a lot of social commentary in that before you even really get to Godzilla walking around Tokyo. We're, uh, we're, all right. I don't want to get too far off topic, even though that was a good conversation, but, yeah. uh, you're up. Yeah. You're up. All right. So, Europe, um, country. my next one. <laughs> yeah. Fuck that place. <laughs> You've never no, even been. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's because I can't afford it. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, it's, um, so yeah, my <laughs> no, next. I can't actually, I just don't want to go. <laughs> <laughs> fucking nazis 
no, it's definitely a place I would want to go eventually. Like, you know, I, I just. I What's your next movie? Goddamn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So my next movie is uh, it's a superhero film of, of sorts. F9. <laughs> oh, the oh, Fast and Furious yeah. 9. I didn't even care to see this. <laughs> yeah. I Did got they even call it? Because, uh, Sorry. No, I just I I think it, it what you're about to ask is do they even call it you know fast I, I think it's yeah as far as I know just F9 is all uh, it's like I'm pretty sure you probably it's Fast and Furious whatever but yeah F9 is like the the big one that you see all yeah. over the place you know what you're uh, getting by now fuck you <laughs> yeah like I, mean, I literally just googled. Port- yeah, I literally just googled F9, and that's like first thing that pops up is the trailer for the movie. So, you know, uh, there you go. Um, but yeah, I, I just I rented this one, I didn't even go to see it in theaters, I, I rented it, um, and watched it on Amazon, you know, here at my house. And uh, yeah, <laughs> it was it was just as ridiculous as I thought it would be from all those trailers. Like I said, like it basically is a superhero movie on its own, you know, where it's like, oh, these people just are doing things that are not in the realm of human capability. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) Also, you know how there have been jokes about them going to space for years? Yeah, they did it in a Fiero. Oh yeah. my god, we've got we've traveled so far from you know when it was just from street races and from street from Paul Walker yeah. being undercover going to Coachella yeah. from <laughs> from the first movie basically being point break with cars. Yeah, like we've gone so fucking far. I saw yeah. the very first Fast and Furious from aging myself when mm. it came the summer it came out at like a fucking 12-year-old birthday party. Like yeah. a friend of mine, we, we all fucking went and thought it was like the coolest thing ever. I didn't <laughs> think we'd have eight more movies after that. <laughs> yeah. And then this is the, the direction they would go in. <laughs> and like, the next the one also, should be Fast and the Furious, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I heard that like the, the last two, you know, F10 and F11 are supposed to be the last ones. And it's like a two part sequel or like i don't know like because they've been doing this whole story that they've been like telling for the last few years with uh a villain that keeps popping up wow it's just yeah they're they're getting real like oh we're we're having an overarching story where it's just like international intrigue and shit and also like yeah um randomly john cena shows up as a brother that Vin Diesel just never talked about before. They don't, don't even look alike. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think it's hilarious that this movie has uh flashback scenes uh that are like showing them when they're younger. And it's like they're not yeah, the flashback scenes, it would be one thing if they were like teenagers or something, which I think they're supposed to be, but they look more like they're supposed to be the age that like Vin Diesel was in the first movie. <laughs> So it was so this guy is just does not look anything like him that they cast. And uh the guy that they cast for John Cena, it's like there's such a height difference between those two guys where it's like the guy that cast is young Vin Diesel and the young John Cena, it's like way like this guy is <laughs> like Vin Diesel's younger version is sitting like a head taller than the other guy. And in real life, I'm pretty sure John Cena is taller than Vin Diesel. So uh it's like 
maybe it's an ego trip there. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's pretty, uh, pretty well, funny though. Did you like the movie? Did you, did you? I don't know if you even said that. But. I mean, it's 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 uh, it's not about liking or disliking <laughs> Fast and Furious. You just got to be in on it. <laughs> <laughs> you're either in on the stupidity or you're not. That is so well put like because that's how i feel i per, honestly i didn't really care for the most last one where the rock and vin diesel hated each other yeah. <laughs> but because <laughs> the funniest thing about that is when that got out that like they were having some problems behind the scenes yeah the final scene in that movie is where they're like, so they're clearly on, not in anywhere near the same direct, like yeah location. they're on that rooftop and like <laughs> dom's like with his baby and like they just you can just tell there's these insert shots of like them saying their lines to each other and they're not actually there together you can just you can just spot <laughs> yeah. these things now i don't know i hope the rock comes back i think they've i think they've worked out their differences the rock gave him a shout out on instagram or yeah. something but Oh my God. Yeah. yeah it, it's exactly what you say. It is like, it, like, I mean, if I was home and you were like, Hey, you want to see F9? I'd be like, yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to say no. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are we doing drugs? <laughs> that was wrong to say. I'm going to cut that part out. <laughs> Cause we usually were. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, the, uh, we were usually on burgers. <laughs> yeah, we were on a full belly of THC and burgers. Anyway, <laughs> I will catch it when it comes out. I didn't really, I was still a little, it came out in April, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. Oh, but um, you saw it. I, I ended up. Said. Yeah, you can rent it now. Okay, maybe I'll, I don't know. I'll see how I feel. Yeah. The higher yeah. they go up, the more I'm kind of like, I don't know. But like you said, yeah. I, some something usually talks me into it yeah it's just like it's definitely uh a lot of stupid fun you know like like i said they go to space in a fiero so (laughs) okay (laughs) go ahead go sorry uh no it just it's um it's definitely like one of those movies where you're you're watching it not for the intellectual side (laughs) yeah all right not all right that's a perfect springboard into my next film and i I sit look i am continuing every time we do this i will fucking talk about a steven seagal movie if i have to and (laughs) (laughs) i think that's gonna be a new thing whenever you see what you watch and show up on your feet for the basement just expect a fucking steven seagal shout out yeah so um, this week on what you watch in the, the Steven Seagal corner, <laughs> Steven Seagal cast, <laughs> the yeah. Seagal cast. So um, I'm going to kind of touch on this in an episode that's going to air like in a few weeks, but because uh, I just watched this and mind you, I, I, I really, I, this is going to be quick unless we really kind of start making fun of Steven Seagal. Um, he's gonna come kill me in my sleep, dude. <laughs> yeah, watch out. <laughs> so I watched a uh, sniper special ops, which <laughs> it's streaming on Tubi. There's a few. Um, I think Hard to Kill is streaming on there, which I talked about in the last 
time we did this uh, and a few other ones but like that had, that title that title for that movie just sounds like a generic video game that you would buy that's like not very good you know, like it's it sounds it sounds like, it's a, like a call of duty ripoff it sounds like the name of a game that like when you get your birthday presents and like your parents got confused and got you the wrong fucking game <laughs> yeah and so you got to stand there and be like instead of playstation <laughs> oh thanks for sniper special ops fuck uh, yeah. that's never happened cool. to me i love you mom and dad thank you for all the video games but anyway, <laughs> the the so I don't know the plot to this movie. I really don't. It's typical, you know, uh, Steven Seagal has got to, you know, go out and do some sniping, which he doesn't do. He does. It's a 90. <laughs> it's a 90 minute movie. I think you, he does five. You would minutes think that sniping. sniping would be perfect for him, considering you would have to, like, lie down and be very still for a long time. So I, I forget <laughs> the and he doesn't. He's like propped up in a chair. <laughs> <laughs> he's so he got can't fucking even lie down. shades on like he has shades Perfect. on and he's like oh yeah i got him in my sights it's like no you don't like, <laughs> 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 this guy's the worst fucking sniper on the planet and like i think one of the last lines in the movie is there's some female character who's one-dimensional because that's what happens in Stephen Seagal movies. You don't have a three-dimensional female character. It like she's just like, are you really as good as they you don't say even have you? a three-dimensional lead? So that's <laughs> that's a valid point. But like, so yeah, she asks him. I don't know who she even is. I don't know what her purpose was. She just goes, um, "Are they really as good as you know they say you are?" And like his like his his comeback is just like. Most of the time, <laughs> I don't. I don't get it. I, I don't. I, I don't get that. What does that mean? <laughs> so what about the the times that you suck? Then it sounds to me like you got a C minus in all your classes, you fucker. <laughs> but it, look, there's. I don't even want to dive into the plot. It's stupid. I think they broke down. Remember that link I sent you from that podcast? Yeah, they they talk about it. I forget the name of the show, but they they talk about it. They just break down how stupid this is. Um, <laughs> one point I wanted to bring up, and they mentioned it on that link I sent you. Uh, the title is not even like sniper. Uh, was it like set, sniper colon uh, special ops? It's like no. sniper special ops. <laughs> 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 and um, Rob Van Dam, the wrestler, is in it. And I think the uh, marketing team behind this, which is Seagal's production company, I, I think it's been widely known that I, I don't think Seagal and Jean-Claude Van Damme like each other. And yeah. so, but they were like, maybe this will sell if it says Seagal Van Damme. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it says in the, on the, on the, um, on like the poster for it. And it's not even, it's a poorly photoshopped photo of Steven Seagal looking 30 pounds lighter. Um, I don't want to make fun of this guy. I'm scared he's going to show up in my house and kill me. So, but look, I don't he just shows up in the camera behind you right now. <laughs> he just walks into frame. <laughs> <laughs> There's like two hands just come down. And <laughs> yeah. Snaps my neck. Um, just, 
just a belly and hands just all of a sudden like there's like disruption on my video here and like i don't know you just see me getting thrown around anyway we're going off the rails <laughs> i don't know why i watch this i don't know why i put this on the list i'm just going along with the fact that i've been watching seagal movies for this so show. this this movie doesn't have uh this movie doesn't have anything to do with those old sniper movies with Tom Berenger from the nineties. Do they? I feel like they're like, it's one of those things where like they're, they're loosely trying to make you to fool you, to make you think that it's like a, a distant cousin sequel. Yeah. <laughs> Cause like there have been, there have been direct to T- DVD sequels of those for years. I'm pretty sure. I'll have to look into that, but uh i don't i don't i feel like it's not but they're like trying to trick you like if there is still a fan base for those yeah and they're like oh dude another sequel the sniper all right <laughs> yeah golf fuck yeah <laughs> yeah, fuck tom Berenger, so golf. yeah yeah fuck where the fuck is tom Berenger? i know he's 80 years yeah, old cool. anyway um yeah moving on you're up now <laughs> <laughs> all right uh so my next one is uh the one that you thought it was going to be earlier uh masters of the universe oh no here we go <laughs> so uh I, I remember you know we uh, had a small conversation about this where i told you to watch it and um at first you were saying that you weren't into it but uh then you know just the other day you said that you, you by the end of that first half of the season you were so uh i'd be curious to see you know what you think but um first i'll go into just what i thought you know i just i was really into it uh you know the the art style of it the uh the storytelling the uh the way that they the story went you know like the twists in the end of that first episode and then throughout the the rest of the preceding five episodes um i thought it was like really good storytelling uh, with all the characters and uh leaves like a lot of questions for where this second half of the season is going when it eventually airs. Cool. Moving on now. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, okay. This was one of those times where you hyped something up for me. Actually, it's not one of those times. It's like the only time. Cause I, I know in like, just like when you saw invincible, um, I remember being like, what the fuck is this shit, man? And then it got really, really yeah. good. So, okay. So I started like reading after I watched the first episode, I started like, I hopped on the internet yeah. and I didn't read any spoilers, but like, yeah, like there was a lot of angry, like guys in their forties who grew up on He-Man, like, <laughs> so spoiler alert, um, He-Man is basically, uh, mm-hmm. what the fuck happens to him? Uh, uh, he's. He dies. I, I know that, but I'm like, I was trying to remember exactly like the logistics. But well, yeah, he dies. Um, uh, yeah. Anyway, he sacrifices himself to save the universe. Yeah. So there's a demographic of um, I don't know women who or not women. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> there's a demographic of men who are probably horrible to their families that didn't like this. Now. I'm not trying to lump myself in that category, <laughs> but when it fucking happened, when it happened, I was like, no, yeah. no. <laughs> and so that's why I hit you up. What and the hell like, is this? What the fuck are they doing? <laughs> and if you, yeah. if you go back to the title, it's not He-Man and the masters of the universe. 
it's masters of the universe yeah. and whatever the fuck else is after that um um so i don't know once i let it settle down that i was along for this journey with these other characters <laughs> i will say by probably the last two episodes there's five episodes i was there there's some really good character arcs in it and there's some really good um I don't know. I think like, you know, it was just, I was just kind of, I was fooled. I was a little like, uh, I mean, I don't think I liked it as much as you did, but I definitely still enjoyed it. But yeah, no, I, you know, I know what you mean though, because uh, the marketing for the, the, that show had, it was very like He-Man heavy. So like, yeah, made you think that it's going to be like, Oh, He-Man's kicking ass through all these. Oh wait, what happened? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Kevin Smith is behind it. He had a lot of good defense, yeah. Um, I'm like, you know, he, he took a lot of the hate and was yeah. like, no, 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 here's here's what we're doing. Chill the fuck out. So I, it, it definitely, yeah. you know, I, I definitely once I got past it and I settled down and it, it, it's good. It's good. I, I liked it. It's on it was on my list. Yeah. Too, and so. like some of the things they're doing, I guess it because it is I've heard. Uh, a, yeah. And the thing is, I, I have heard it is a, a direct sequel to the 80s, you know, the original 80s show. Yeah. Um, like there's references to things that happen in it. Uh, I actually like went and looked, uh, went back because um, Mattel has all the all the episodes of that series you can watch on YouTube. Uh, the like on, under their He Man's official uh, YouTube channel. Yeah, you can watch. You can go back and watch all of that shit. Uh, <laughs> it's it's pretty. Yeah, and. Uh, so like one of the ones that I looked up that I was like one of the pivotal episodes, I guess that kind of has some lore in it, which it wasn't very common for the, that show to do. Um, they reveal that Tila is the daughter of the sorceress. So okay. that's like kind of gives you a little backstory to some of the things that they're doing in this show and like possibly where they're going to go for the rest of the, the season. I would, I would imagine. Okay. But, uh, yeah, there's there's a bunch of cool stuff in it, you know, and um, that uh, I guess you know references to things that they did in the past, you know, and and because Kevin Smith is a fan of, you know, that old show, just like all these other people who are screaming, like, you know, one of the things that I think I remember him saying was that you know this show isn't like saying you know isn't like shitting on He Man and saying like oh this is why we don't need him, like it's more posing the idea of like this is exactly why we do need him, you know, like all these things that are happening and, and uh, what the, the places that the show goes with like, cause in the end of that first episode, both He-Man and Skeletor are gone. So that world has to figure out where they are and what they're going to do without that conflict. And like, who's going to take place the, the, you know, the power vacuum who's, you know, like the, all these different questions that they pose that are actually really like interesting and, pose you know some cool you know put, put some cool stories forward for the future for where the rest of the season is going and whether you know they depend you know whether they plan on doing multiple seasons in the future too like yeah there's a bunch of cool stuff they can do and just the end of that final yeah that fifth episode where they leave it it's just like you know I, i'm i'm sure you've seen it by now it's definitely uh it's definitely like a holy shit moment what are they going to yeah. do next yeah uh you this is just an idea that popped into my head um maybe i'm just like thinking really too fucking deep 
about this, but <laughs> it's got nothing. It has to do with the show, but it also just has to do with, you know, fandom and I don't know, viewership. I almost feel like I should maybe put this at the tail end of the show, but no, cause then it won't really fit in. Um, like, you know, there's a lot of reboots of nostalgic things out there. He-Man and uh, since we're talking about He-Man, we'll just, I'll just mention that masters of the universe. I think we just went through like a phase in the last 10 years where we were kind of almost nostalgic about these brands and these cartoons and these shows and these movies that we kind of were reinventing them that I got to respect Kevin Smith here. He said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, he's the showrunner of it. I believe I think he's executive producer and um, he basically said, okay, I'm going to bring back He-Man, but I'm going to make him, I'm going to make you uncomfortable. I'm going to make you, I'm going to switch things up. I'm going to make it. So, you know, obviously we're going to expand on the world a little bit. And because maybe that's what we should do with viewers as a viewer with, you know, intellectual properties that we know and are fans of, like maybe we should get a little uncomfortable and not be fed the same shit. It's not that it's shit, but just stuff every time. So it's comfort food. I don't know. That's just me. Yeah. Yeah. If, if the story doesn't change and you're just going to watch the same thing over and over again, then why don't just, why don't you just go back to the original thing and watch that? Like, you know, I mean, that's what we're seeing. If you want to watch the, so go ahead. Oh no. I was just going to say, if you want to watch the same thing, but with a new, you know, a new paint job over it, then, you know, there's like, sure. You can, there's places where you can see that, but this is telling an evolving story. That's also like, really badass (laughs) look i love a new hope empire and return of the jedi i don't fucking watch it like i i know it's there yeah for me if i need it um yeah but i'm not i'm not but i'm also not one of those people who yeah i'm not one of those people who's looking at that sequel trilogy and be like they ruined my childhood (laughs) no no there's things you can i mean yeah you know i i think there's i i watched I watch the prequels and go, you know, okay. You know, George Lucas is, you know, his animation at times kind of sucks, but, (laughs) but I think there's things in even those prequels that I just, I fucking love and go, Oh, that connects to that. Oh shit. Anyway, this is a good segue. Dude, we are full of organically engineered segues today. (laughs) You can take anything away from today's episode. I don't know. Cause I'm going to jump into my next one. And it was, a, it technically it's two movies, but they're the same movie. Cause it's a remake. I did a double yeah. feature of King Kong, the 1933 version and Peter Jackson's 2006 version. So um, I'll start with, and this was a hell of a double feature. Cause the original one is like an hour and a half. Peter Jackson's is like a tad over three hours. And yeah. So the original one, uh, to be honest, looking back uh, for the 1930s, this animation is incredible of this stop motion of the iconic image of Kong climbing the Empire State Building, all this stuff. Uh, I'm just I it's just one of those movies where you have to do research on it and like, you know, watch bonus features and shit just to like, know. it's just it's just a piece of American cinema. And, you know, yeah. There's a fun fact that I, I've known 
since then now for over 10 years, but we were talking earlier about, you know, social commentary and stuff and how they kind of, how even back in the 1930s, they sneak stuff in right, right, right behind you. You didn't even see it coming, but that the, the scene in the tavern and the glorious bastards where they put the cards on their, their head and Quentin Tarantino sneaks in that little tidbit of information about King Kong where the, the Nazi soldiers breaking down, he's got King Kong on his, I don't even know the name of the game, but I'm sure a lot of people know what I'm yeah. talking about. He's got King Kong stuck to his head on a card. People are, he has to guess what it is. And he's narrowing down everything about basically what King Kong is. Oh, I was, I was, you know, royalty in my homeland. I was putting shackles and slaves, putting shackles and put into slavery, basically and thrown on a ship. And I was, you know, put on display for, you know, all these rich, wealthy people. And I think how it goes is, doesn't he say like, I must be the American, uh, the, the, the slave, I must be a slave taken from Africa or something. Yeah. And then they go, no. And then he goes, oh, then I must be King Kong. And right yeah. down there, I was like, holy fuck. That's like, it's a, it's an allegory for the journey of a slave. Yeah. And, Knowing that now, watching it, there's it's just it's right there in front of you, like them just throwing social commentary at you. And um, <laughs> yeah, it was like what we it's like what we talked about earlier. You know, good sci-fi tends to do that, where it's like gives you something entertaining to watch, but at the same time poses these questions that leave you unsettled. Yeah, it, it just kind of makes you. Once it hits you, you're like, "Fuck, that was there all along." I mean, just to go off the path for a second, there's an episode I did um, with uh, Doug Meyer. We talked about the Universal monster movies. We talked about Frankenstein and Frankenstein was directed by a gay man. And to Mm -hmm. think of maybe a gay man in the 1930s, uh, just fleshing out maybe just a lot of his anxieties and fears of being homosexual in that time and putting it into this creature that is being basically attacked and harmed and all he's doing is just being himself attacked for something that he had no control over yeah Yeah. like holy shit he must have just been like working out a lot of his problems into that film and i mean you look back at the the history of some of the things that happened throughout you know time you know a lot of the that period of time with you know you know gay men and uh you know how like um uh persecuted they were i mean there, there's all those different yeah. stories of uh things that happened that are you know were not favorable you know uh, no. parts of history that you want to look on i agree with you uh back to king kong so uh, 1933 version it goes without saying it's a it's a piece of uh i don't know it's 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 amazing fast yeah. forward now to peter jackson's film which is pretty much it's the same movie just stretched out with a bigger 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 budget (laughs) and but i just wanted to pinpoint on something i thought was amazing and it's just how we've come in cinema and film and how we just how like a different director can take on something and find something amazing with their direction which this has to be something that comes from peter jackson when yeah. You get to the the I mean I saw this when I was 18. I don't think it really I don't think it really hit me like how good it was. 
when he's on the top of the tower and the airplanes are coming at him in the old one, it's, it seems very like, you know, yeah, we got to get the monster in this yeah. one. It is fucking tragic. Well, it's, yeah, it's, I think it's that, that upgrade in technology where before it was like a person in a suit and, you know, yeah. and, and stop motion or, you know, all the different tricks that they would use. But now with like the, the use of CGI and, you know, Andy Serkis played that character. Oh know, like, yeah. You know, they're able to get these emotions through uh, that can be shown and acted that they weren't able to get before that makes you just really like, holy shit, this, <laughs> this is yeah. just terrible, you know? And it's like, it's not like it's this thing's fault. It's just a, it's just a, an animal doing what, you know, it's doing what an animal like, would do. Um yeah. All right, I cut you off. And there. you bring it away from its home. Well, no, you exactly what I was going to say. Like, you know, you take it from its home and put it in this city. What do you expect to happen? Yeah. And there's this, like, there's just this heartbreaking part to me. And this just, this is either Andy Circus or Peter Jackson's direction, or maybe a little bit of both. That yeah. like last stand when the airplanes are coming back around, and you know, this is probably gonna be the last shots they get at him before they kill him. Kong looks at lets out this roar, but his voice breaks mm. and it's like emotional. And like, he knows he, and you know that he knows he's going to die. Yeah. And like when that hit, I was like, Holy shit. That is, that sucks. But that's like a genius move in the film to make yeah. him do that. Yeah. Um, I, I, I love, I've heard people kind of bag on the Peter Jackson version. Um, mm -hmm. I love it. I, I think, I mean, yeah, there's, it's three hours and there's some things you got to sit through, but I, he's, a, he's a talented filmmaker. I mean, I always think maybe some of the stuff that great directors put out that maybe don't get all the love that deserves. I always recommend people to revisit it and case in point, like that, just one little thing in the climax. Yeah. I, it just, it just hit differently that time. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely, uh, you know, that movie, like they, they hired Peter Jackson because they wanted an epic film for King Kong and that's what they mm -hmm. got. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, all right. I mean, that's all yeah. I gotta say. I had a little double yeah. feature. You, you, you don't hire the Lord of the Rings guy to make this movie for no reason. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. So yeah, the the next one I have um, these these last two that I have, they're both movies I saw in theaters. Um, uh, but only this first one was available on HBO Max to uh, the Suicide Squad. Gotcha. All right. Uh, this isn't on my list, but I maybe should have put it because I've seen it too. <laughs> Did you? Okay. I wasn't sure if you were, because when we being HBO Max, you, you didn't really have much excuse if you were on. No. But uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, I did see this one in theaters and uh, I, I fucking loved it. I don't know how it's, you felt, but uh, it's it was definitely uh, a really fun flick, you know, and um, like if you've seen any of uh, James Gunn's past films, you know, like, like if you've seen uh, the movie Super uh, with uh, uh, yeah. Rain Wilson, you know, like stuff like that and Guardians of the Galaxy, it's like those two movies combined where it, it puts just it definitely puts that R rating to the, to the tests. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
no, um, sorry. Um, no, I one thing I really loved about it is this is the best thing I've ever seen John Cena in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I don't I don't really I'm not known at the bits to really watch John Cena. I mean, he seems like a good dude. It's no offense, but this yeah. he is so fucking well cast. Whenever he does uh yeah, whenever he does comedy roles, he's like is so much so much better than when he tries to do something more serious. There's a scene where they're at that village and yeah. like him and Idris like, Alba. Yeah, that kill competition. Yeah. And like uh I know there's dogs going on in the background, but I'm gonna keep talking. <laughs> yeah. Um like there's just one part that had me on the floor laughing when they're doing that john cena just like he shoots a guy and then he walks by him with a knife and just goes (laughs) just his body movement he's such a stiff but like he he was he was great he kind of stole the movie for me honestly yeah 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 and i also really uh liked like um how he's like a more comical character throughout this movie and then they have that turn in the end where yep. it's like, you know, he, you know, cause he's talked about this entire movie, how he'll kill anybody for Liberty. He doesn't care. He just wants to make sure that there's that peace is, you know, cause that's all he's about. He's yeah. He has a code. Yeah. So like when it comes to this point in the movie where all these people he's been buddy, buddy with are like threatening to do something that'll threaten the peace of America he has that turn from being their buddy to like a villain. And it's just, it was so well done. Yeah. Um, it has me looking forward to uh, the, the series that they're doing with him. They're, they're, I don't know if you've heard this. I've they're heard doing it. a, yeah. So a Peacemaker series that uh, James Gunn, I believe wrote and he directed a few of the episodes even. Nice. Um, yeah. And they, it's already been filmed and everything. So it's finished. Uh, yeah. That's, that's what I'm looking forward to. Um. Yeah, and the way that this movie, like everything that they did in this movie, was just so like so fun, and uh, you know, like like that that beginning uh, scene on the beach where just all those people <laughs> are are dropping like flies, and you're just like, oh, <laughs> so they really put that Suicide Squad uh, title to the test. Like they really pulled through on that one. You know, it's. Not like the the first movie where only one of them died. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, I it was a bloodbath in this one. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought. Um, I mean, for predominantly Viola Davis is just in like a a control room for most of the movie, but I just I I don't know. It's just obviously the 2016 and this one are you know two different kind of films. But I just like I fucking I mean I, she's she's great in it, but like I hated her in it. I like yeah when oh, yeah. like the the coworker there just like smacks her like knocks her out cold like it just yes yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah she, she's a little she more, definitely her, is her character's a little more like vindictive in this one it felt yeah yeah well yeah she's definitely like you definitely get that sense that she's just got no no heart <laughs> no she does no, not she, give a shit yeah you know like yeah like one of the parts in the early in the movie where they get you know the only reason idris alba's character you know agrees to go along with this is because uh viola davis's character is threatening his daughter's life like saying that like, she's gonna lock her up for some you know misdemeanor crime 
and you know that the the prison system there is just one of the da- most dangerous ones in the world and blah blah blah. it's like oh so you just a heartless bitch all the time <laughs> <laughs> like doesn't matter like this is a, a teenager here but cool yeah <laughs> uh, yeah and yeah it was it was definitely a, an intense movie but also just like one of the funniest movies i've seen this year <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's a it's a good it's really funny for like the first half and then you know it kind of challenges you as a viewer towards like the in the third act basically um once that yeah. once that shift with uh john cena happens yeah what we didn't talk about right now is margot robbie uh what did oh you think yeah what do you think about her yeah i i really enjoyed her um i've heard that she, you know after this movie she's gonna take a break from the character for a little while but uh i think you know just it was it was really like really enjoyed the the arc they went with her and you know where um they like they did this whole thing of uh making her like this um this prize almost where the the guy who was running the country wanted to marry her and then uh this whole twist you know on that whole that that uh kind of relationship and um yeah just in in the action scene that comes out of it where she breaks out of uh the uh the prison and uh is just going through killing all those guards that that's a scene that's been popping up in the trailers you people have probably seen where like she's running through with a javelin and there's all the flowers flying everywhere like yeah. i think the, the the visual style that they chose with a lot of that stuff was really cool and uh i saw this um this one like reaction video from somebody that was talking about how like uh they wonder if the the flowers was just like her just the way she sees the world you know mm-hmm. where you know it's like instead of seeing blood flying everywhere it's flowers and it's all pretty <laughs> and, you know as she's just murdering all these dozens of guards mm. yeah and cool. also just uh, you know plus I, I heard too that like some of the scenes uh i don't know if you heard like um that scene where she picks the the key up and unlocks herself while she's hanging there um uh, that's something that she actually did that you know, like you can't tell from the the way they filmed it um but margot robbie actually was the one to do that pick up the key raise her leg up there and you know unlock the thing like interesting that, yeah I, I remember hearing some uh interview where they were talking about that and like the way that they had blocked it to film it um once they realized that she could actually do it they were pissed that they didn't just film it in a way where you could see her the entire way through because huh. it's like she just just picks the thing up and just bam leg right off the <laughs> head unlocks the thing i think you have one more than i do so i'm gonna let you have the floor since i know it's a another uh comic book adaptation yeah this last one um i just saw in theaters the other day uh it came out last week uh sang chi and the uh or no, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Interesting. They, uh, they, they make a point of um, showing, you know, like really emphasizing how the, the name is pronounced. <laughs> okay. Doing this whole, like, look, yeah, they do this little bit where, because uh, his character in it, he's um, his uh, best friend in, in is Aquafina, who, you know, has been blowing up over the last few years. Yeah. Um, you know, she's been in a ton of things. She's also got that show on 
uh, Comedy Central, uh, Nora from Queens. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so they have this like little bit where they're discussing his name and like, because apparently he, when he moved to America, he changed his name from Shung to Sean. Mm-hmm. So they're like kind of making fun of the fact that it's like not a big change from, you know, considering they sound pretty close. Uh, but yeah, it was it was a really uh, it was really fun, you know, cool movie. It's like um, it's, you know, Marvel doing a kung fu film. You know, That's and, what I've uh, heard. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's very little superhero antics in it. You know, it's more about just some kick ass fights and. uh it seems like there's a lot, you know, like watching um, the the actor Simi Liu who plays, you know, the the lead. Um, like I've seen a lot of people point out the fact that some of his moves in it, it seems uh, to really have like a Jackie Chan feel, where he just is using his environment, you know, mm. in throughout the fight in really like cool ways and like times where he's using um, his his jacket in in different ways and just like. Like I said, just anything that he can use to get the upper hand, you know, in these fights, it was uh, it was really well done, and um, yeah, just like really a really badass film. Uh, yeah, I know you're into kung fu films, so I am. definitely want to check this out. <laughs> you know, it's only yeah, it's only it's only in theaters. So no, I noticed that because I I thought about doing it on Disney Plus, but then you know, I, I, but so I'm thinking maybe I can. I got the house to myself uh, next weekend. So I might sneak away to the theater and check it out tomorrow or next week at some point. No, I I'm a huge fan of Kung yeah. Fu films. I might be devoting an episode to this show to Kung Fu films fairly shortly. That's another story. I, I I've yeah. heard it's, I've heard there's yeah. a, and um, well, I was just, I wanted to bring up uh, like the, the actor who plays, you know, his, his father, who's like the Mandarin character. That's yeah. That's where I was on. going. That's what I was going to Yeah. Say. Um, he's, you know, he's a guy that's like, he's a famous Chinese actor and, uh, he's, um, he's one of those faces that like, I kept looking at his face and be like, I know this guy from somewhere. What the hell is it? Looking at his filmography. Uh, he was, um, one of the actors in hero with, uh, Jet Li, mm. um, which, uh, was like one of my favorite, uh, Kung Fu films when, you know, when I was in high school just uh that story and he, he played uh the character of broken sword um but yeah it's just it's it was you know his character like his the way he he's one of those it's one of those few times where a marvel movie is giving you a a villain that's like you're sympathetic with you know uh in a lot of the ways that people are sympathetic with some of the other character you know villains that they've brought up in the last few years like uh um like Thanos and and uh, Killmonger, where it's like they have uh, understandable goals, you know. And, and this one, it's like way more of under, understandable, but also a sympathetic goal, where it's like he he's thinking that his wife is trapped somewhere, and he wants to go save her, and he wants to bring his kids along with it. But he's it's like for all the everything is being done in all the wrong uh, wrong, uh, wrong ways, and um, yeah, it's just it's it's a really uh, really cool film like just the the style of it you know the way that they show the the action and uh like the the only real superhero kind of aspect of the film is these 10 rings that they uh that they bring up you know the because that's the movie's name is shang chi and the legend of the 10 rings that's like 
this whole thing about you know what his these like magical artifact that his dad has that has been, allowed him to live for a thousand years and like gives him these powers that he's able to use them for you know but the way he uses them is like it's being done in a lot of ways that like old school kung fu films have used stuff you know like uh like uh, one of the memes that's gone around that you've probably seen is um uh that image from uh kung fu hustle of the guy with those rings on his arms and then it's, yeah. uh the title the shang chi title over it like it's one of the jokes but in that like in that uh meme that i saw that like it's actually not entirely wrong like because the way that those rings were used is like some of the ways that they're used in this film too interesting <laughs> but uh but yeah, it's 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 really well done, really cool. Um, I went to go see this on uh, on a Tuesday, you know, like a discount day, just because I, uh, you know, like everyone else that I, you know, my friends that I would usually go to the movies with up here, uh, they were all busy last week, and I just didn't really leave the house over the Labor Day weekend because it was just, you know, didn't feel like it. <laughs> movie, theaters, <laughs> movie theaters are so far away. I just hung out with my dog word uh yeah, but uh but yeah one day i think it was just like it's kind of a funny story just uh after work on a tuesday i was just like kind of skipped out work early and decided to say screw it wanted to go see that movie went down to the theater and uh you know paid to go see it and um i paid for a standard viewing because i got there just too late to see the uh xd version and uh i was just walking down the hall yeah, I pop my head in the XD version just to see, like, has the movie even started yet? Because I know there's usually about a half hour of previews before. Movie didn't start yet, so I went and sat down. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. I skipped the previews and watched the... Uh, I mean, I only saved myself, like, two bucks. Big yeah. deal, but still. <laughs> that <is> wild. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's it for our list of movies, but I think we got a couple side little cool things that are kind of movie related or media related that well just just watching related yeah yeah just yet yeah, yeah. actually that's a valid point watching related uh what do you got yeah. uh so yeah i wanted to bring up um twitch streams uh that you know because i know uh, you know i've got several friends who've been getting into streaming um cedric who's been on the show he's you know he's been getting into it lately uh we got a couple of people that i've met in games that you know they they stream as well um, you know, there's my, my buddy Dpat23 and uh, KK Hackby. Uh, they both are Twitch streamers. You know, I've got several people that I've actually played with who you could, you could actually see me on their stream too. Like I've, I've just, you know, you at least hear my voice talking to them playing the game too. But uh, nice. yeah, it's, um, it's, Moving up know, in the it's, world. <laughs> well, you know, I just, you know, I'll be know. playing with people who actually happen to be streaming, but uh yeah, it's just, you know, it's, it's fun. And I like to support, you know, my, my friends where, uh, wherever I can, you know, where they're doing that. Um, and uh, people might not know this, but if you have Amazon Prime, you can actually use Twitch Prime, which uh, you can watch, you know, Twitch for free. You know, and you can, you know, you can follow people, you can throw like a Prime sub, which, you know, at, at people who you like, or if, you know, you got a friend who you want to support their, their strict, uh, Twitch streams, you know, you can do it that way as well. It's uh it's definitely, you know, it's just a cool thing. And, you know, just being able to play with your friends or being able to watch your friends. Like I've, I've been had times where I've been at work and I've seen some of my friends pop up on their stream, you know, so I'll pop it on while I'm working just to like throw them a view and, you know, 
talk to them in, in the chat or whatever, you know, it's, it's, um, yeah, it's definitely something that takes very little time and, you know, it's, you know, throwing support your friends way, wherever you can, you know, I, I, I try to do that wherever I can, you know, plus, Look at uh, you. all right. What a like, guy. Yeah. Plus it doesn't like watch a show where I turn into a host again. <laughs> what a guy. <laughs> Chris Carantit doing his thing. Yeah. What a guy. Um, no, that's cool. Cause I do what I can. Cedric, uh, <laughs> you mentioned Cedric, who's been on the show. He's going to be on the show again. No, he does. He has a Twitch stream. He, I might even just put a link to it in the show notes. He also does like these Instagram shows where he like does unboxing things, but he drinks hot sauce or doesn't drink, but like <laughs> eats shit in hot sauce. Yeah. Like, dude, it's so funny. He, I, oh my God. I didn't think like, I didn't know what to expect. I thought like he, but he just definitely like, it's it's just so fucking funny <laughs> yeah i kind of worry about him like when he's doing it like he actually sounds like he might something he might have to go to the hospital he's slowly killing himself with hot sauce <laughs> on instagram live <laughs> um no that's cool twitch he's is slowly a cool burning thing. himself to death <laughs> twitch is yeah. a twitch is a dope thing so, um i mean i'm not a gamer really but i still dabble in it from time to time and no, I, well, that, that's, a, that's the thing too. Is there's Twitch streams for a lot of stuff, so yeah. you can find any any kind of niche you're looking for. No, so point. yeah, I'll um, I will definitely look into that. Hopefully, I mean, I'm sure we have a lot of, I, we definitely do have a lot of people that do Twitch or are into Twitch that listen. So, yeah, my thing to plug is a streaming service that I don't know if a lot of people know about. I'm not sponsored by them at all. But I heard about this on, uh, I don't even, I don't even know where I think you can download on Roku. I'm not about, I'm not sure about anywhere else, but, uh, it's the streaming service called midnight pulp. And if you mm. want like good, wholesome, like sci-fi horror, uh, anime, just kind of weird movies, uh midnight pulp yeah. has it a lot of, there's a lot of like foreign asian there's a lot of asian cinema on there but it's 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 kind of, i think the reason why they call it is the term midnight like a midnight movie you know where it's yeah. you know just kind of weird but it still kind of hits i downloaded it like a year ago and it kind of sat on my phone for a while but i've been um I've been kind of doing a deep dive on some things and I, I just, this is a lot of, there's a lot of stuff that, you know, someone, an average moviegoer might know that you've probably seen before on here, but there's also a lot of like kind of your hidden straight to DVD, straight to streaming films on here. They're run by a company. I think it's a media rights company and they have like two other streaming services. Yeah. Another one's called retro crush. That's like all eighties and seventies and nineties anime. What's so I've been kind of digging, um, but it's you yeah. can download it on your phone. I kind of like, I like the last time I was on a plane, actually, no, no, nah, that was Netflix. Sorry, but I downloaded a movie from Netflix. But <laughs> if you're kind of just like chilling somewhere, yeah. I don't know, like you can watch a movie on your phone. I mean, you can watch a movie on your phone anywhere, but it's, it's a free app. I think there's a subscription fee for, to open up other things, but there's ads, but it, don't bother me. It, it's, I don't know. It's kind of like, a, I, I like little, cool things like that so midnight pulp the other one was retro crush and i think there's like two or three other ones i'll, uh, I'll have to i'll have to look into those because uh you know i do a lot of boring shit at work so i'll watch stuff 
Yeah. When there's, I'm yeah there's, some, there's some like there's some like martial arts films I haven't heard about since I was like a kid streaming on there. So I think that's why I jumped at it. But uh yeah. all right. Any uh yeah, well speaking of speaking of things that I watched uh while I was at work, because uh I literally, you know, this is one of those things where I was like sitting down working on some parts that I had, you know, that were just like super boring and take forever and if i don't have something to stimulate my mind other than music then or like something to watch you know i just i'll sit there and fall asleep literally so um and i know you wanted to talk about it so i wanted to bring it up uh, i watched val all right yes yeah we have to end the show on a really high note here with uh, a documentary that's out on amazon prime it's an amazon original uh val which is about val kilmer yep. The act, the actor Val Kilmer, a twenty four. Yeah, <laughs> this is one of. I think I texted you the other day after you told me you watched it. This is one of the best movies I've seen this year, like hands down. Yeah, and it it's it pretty much so for anybody who doesn't know what's been going on with Val Kilmer, he had a he had a cancer scare, and they caught it early, but once they removed what they needed to remove, they put like a he has like. A, does he have a metal or a plastic tube in his throat now? And so he has to talk through all. Yeah, the, I think it's one of those plastic ones that. Yeah, he literally he's to plug it before he can talk. Yeah, he yeah, has. He has. It's... So like he has his voices. I mean, you know, you probably probably can visualize what we're saying here, and it is like that part. But pretty much what he does is throughout his career, he walked around with a video camera and he filmed stuff. So you see all this stuff from like the 80s when he was when he was at uh, Juilliard and, you know, Kevin Bacon's there because he was in a play where he was going to be the lead. But then they bumped him down to like third lead because Kevin Bacon and Sean Penn wanted in. And, you know, he's got all this footage from behind the scenes on Top Gun. And like so you kind of follow his journey as an actor and they. Put, I'm sorry, I might I might be explaining too much. I'll let you talk, but I'm just doing the gist here. Yeah. But then they kind of inject yeah. it. With well, like, I also liked how like it also goes back to his childhood too. Yeah, where, um, filming you know with his brother who you know he he found out later on passed away at at the age of 15. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it, it's just it and it has you wondering like. Cause his brother seemed like he was the one that was more into the, uh, that like filmmaking stuff. So I would be curious to see if, if he, uh, hadn't died, you know, what would have happened with the both of them? Yeah. It's, he definitely has a very interesting story. I mean, he blew up in the eighties and nineties. I mean, he was Batman and then he stepped down and didn't want to do Batman. And the way he described being Batman didn't sound fun. Like, you can barely breathe in the suit yeah. and shit and like not yeah, no. move. Yeah. Well, it was, yeah, it was, he definitely had a good point about it where I think he, what is his, he said was uh, every little boy dreams of being Batman. They don't dream of playing Batman. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a cool way of putting it. Um, it's narrated by his son who's reading pretty much what Val Kilmer writes for him to say for the documentary. And there's just, it's just a lot of like, it's just this kind of great story of an artist who, you know, maybe he's not at, he's not at the forefront of film anymore and anything, but he's still like his whole thing with going on tour during the, doing the Mark Twain one man show. And, you know, that was pretty yeah. much the last thing he did. He was trying to fund a movie for it basically by doing it. 
And, you know, then the incident happened with, you know, getting cancer. It's just, it's Mm -hmm. very tragic, like, but also very uplifting. It's just a very beautiful story. The the scene where he's at Comic-Con and he's just sick. Yeah. It just, I felt so bad for him. And, you know, it kind of is a good insight into, because a lot of, a lot of actors or whatever guys who were really, really famous 20, 30 years ago that aren't really that famous anymore, but are still loved by fans yeah. uh, to kind of see that behind the scenes, what they're like and kind of maybe where their psychology is at. Like they're kind of, well, yeah, he, he even brings it up at one point where he's talking about like <clears throat> the way he feels kind of um, parading around this like past version of himself, you know, yeah. versus, you know, what he is today. And like, how that feels it it's really and you know i get it too because it's like he's being he's being sat in front of a movie watching what he used to be yeah, and how he used to look that's gotta suck how he used to sound yeah he and how he used it. to and like now you know with the way he sounds it just it's so heartbreaking with like he's such an old man now when you see it but it's not his fault it's that disease just kicked his ass yeah it's 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 a lot of things. It's a great film. It's beautiful. It's heartbreaking. I mean, the the, the scene where he's in Austin and he, they're doing like a big uh, show of um Tombstone, and like yeah. like dude, that movie came out thirty years ago, and to still be, I, I think about that sometimes with you know people doing conventions and you know meet and greets and stuff that were famous years ago like i kind of yeah you know they they get paid for it and whatnot maybe they get they're able to live off and they seem to put on the front of they like it but there has to be that thing in the back of their head like i'm celebrating something i did 30 years ago and nobody's gonna maybe like it as much as something i'm doing right now and that's just that that sucks (laughs) Mm -hmm. i I mean we'll all probably get there at some point with i don't know we're all remembered for something and i don't know it's it's bittersweet but it's a great documentary and i really recommend it yeah no it's it's definitely something to watch all right well my friend we've uh gone through quite the list uh this has been another success i think we actually i think we hit some strides here with taking some deep dives on like some just some things about what we're watching rather than just saying like hey here i watched this thing cool i watched i don't know we, we i think this is this is a good episode solid episode. i watched a thing <laughs> me too uh <laughs> is there anything you want to i mean this is your third time on the show is there anything i'll just plug in your socials but anything you want to say before i uh kill it uh no i mean i'm i'm pretty much uh you know Everyone knows my stuff by now. If they haven't uh, already, then yeah, I'm sure you'll put it in the links and all that. Um, yeah, like I said, you know, the, those people that I was talking about, you know, that are streaming, um, I can throw you the links to, to them so you can, you know, people can find them if they want, you know. And, uh, you know, occasionally hear me pop up in their video, in their uh, stream from time to time. Word. All right. Well, uh, thank you again for coming by the basement. We will do this. Yep very uh we'll definitely do it again uh yeah. and that's for all of you that's for all of you uh I don't know. there's always new stuff to watch there's always new stuff to watch uh hit us hit up the basement or whatnot with what you're watching and uh, i don't know maybe we'll expand this out a little bit but until then 
I'll see you all next week. Thanks for coming by. Thank you.